The following recording is a presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome you to visit our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service of Berean Baptist Church. I read from Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. We read here, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let's pray before we go on. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray today as we, as we preach this message that we indeed would have the mind of Christ. Lord, that we would develop the mind uh, that Jesus had when he came to earth in, in the form of man and therefore fulfill your will for our lives. Thank you for this time we have together. Be with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've entitled my message this morning, Right Thinking. Right Thinking. I've heard it said, attitude is everything. Now, while I do not necessarily agree that attitude is everything, it certainly plays a very big part in our success or failure in life. If we're going to succeed in our life as a believer, we're going to have to approach life with the right attitude. You know, I'm amazed uh, where I work, we have 155 employees. 64 of those employees answer directly to me. I'm their, I'm their, direct, their direct, director of the department, three departments in our company. And I'm amazed 
at how bad the attitude of workers are in America today. Man, I mean to tell you, often I tell these young people working there, you know, if you were, if you had to work for my father, you wouldn't last three minutes. He would have turned you around and sent you walking right away. But, you know, you can't hardly do anything today. How many of you manage people in here? Any, any of you? You can't do anything today. I mean, the employees have all the rights. The employer has none. I have to call them in my office and say, please, would you do this? Because this is how we, we, we need to do it here. Well, I don't think it should be done that way. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Whew, man. This is, we're in a terrible state in America. And it, it all stems from the wrong attitudes. <laughs> Improper thinking. As with all things, we need good examples to follow. We have examples in Scripture. Paul writes in Philippians 3.17, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. <laughs> and Paul says, you have plenty of examples uh, in the Scriptures. Pay attention to those that walk spiritually, that walk godly, and, and follow their examples. So to develop my message today, I could, I could cite the example of men such as Paul or, or Peter or John. <laughs> However, a greater example exists in Scripture. And it is this example that I will consider today. We need to learn to develop right thinking. Not only you adults in this room. You need to have you need to have the right attitude about your marriage. You need to have the right attitude about your job. You need to have your right attitude about your church. These things are important, but not only for you, for your children as well. You children here, you need the right attitude as well. You need to have the right attitude about about your education. You need to have the right attitude about your parents. And you need to have the right attitude about your future. And we're going to talk about these things today. So let's look back for a moment at our text verse this morning. Philippians chapter 2. Now I want to state in the first five verses, the word mind is used four times. So obviously... Our mind is important. But look at verse 5. We, we read, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the crux of my message this morning. The mind of Christ. <laughs> Imagine how successful we would be as believers if we were to model our thinking after Jesus. But you might ask me today, you might say, but is it possible that I could think like Jesus? Is that possible for me, a, a sinful man, to, to develop the mind of Christ? 
Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. Now this, of course, is referring to Jesus Christ. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But, Paul writes, we have, present term, have the mind of Christ. Apart from the grace of God, we would not be able to think like Jesus. However, through his grace, we are able to understand the hidden things of God. And we are able to live according to his will and his word. And of course, we know that this is because of the indwelling spirit. The Holy Spirit that dwells within teaches us all things and leads us in the ways of righteousness. So what can we glean this morning from these passages of scripture to help us develop the right attitude? Well, on your, on your answer sheets there, hopefully you got the right copy in front of you. It's the white one, not the yellow one. Number one, I want us to see that Jesus acknowledged the will of the Father. Jesus acknowledged the will of the Father. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 We read, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Jesus acknowledged the will of the Father. Now, over the last 40 or so years of of ministry, what I've observed is most people don't acknowledge God's will for their life. Most people resist God's will for their life. They they do everything within their power to change the consequences and circumstances within in their life. And and let me just clarify this. <coughs> There's nothing wrong with trying to better your circumstances. But if and when you come to the realization that this is the will of God, you need to give up trying to change it. And just acknowledge it. It's time to stop fighting with God. Jesus found himself in the form of a man. Now he was God in the flesh. But he found himself in the form of a man. He was in every way equal to God the Father. He was not lesser than God the Father. In fact, he was God in the flesh. Now, I want to make two points of emphasis here. First, Jesus is a part of the Godhead. And second, he did not demand obeisance from man. When Jesus found himself in the form of a man, he found himself on this earth as a man He did not demand that all men worship him. He laid his deity aside. 
Why? Because it was the will of the Father. Consider the the treatment Jesus received at the hands of men. He was he was hated. This is this is the God, the creator God of the universe. He was hated by men. He was reviled. They beat him, they spat upon him. They 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 crucified him. This is how much they hated him. Yet he didn't resist. Because he knew that this was the Father's will. Do you realize that all Jesus needed to do was was cry out to his Father in in Matthew chapter 26, verses 53 and 54? Jesus says, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Now, I'm not, I, I didn't take the time to do the math to figure out exactly how many 12 legions of angels are. Does anybody know? Right off the top of your head? I think it's more than that. But I do know this. It's a lot of men. It's a lot of angels. I'm sure hundreds of thousands of angels. Jesus said, I could now... Uh, pray to my father and present and give me more than 12 legions of angels but how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be Jesus said I could do that because I'm God but then I would be thwarting the will of the father it was the father's will that Jesus be hated and rejected of men It was needful. It had to be. And Jesus acknowledged this. Now Webster defines acknowledge as to recognize the rights or authority of another. It's defined as to disclose agreement with, to express obligation toward, and to recognize as valid. Now given these definitions, it's easy to see why so many believers struggle with this today. In this prosperity-driven generation, there are many who, with their mouth, will admit that God has a will, but when the definition is applied, things change. Sometimes we find ourselves in, in the will of God and and and. and It's not a very pleasant situation. And many will not recognize God's right or authority over them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, Paul writes, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Folks, if you sit here, as you sit here this morning, if you profess to be born again, if you profess to be a child of God, then you have been bought 
with a price. You are God's property. You do not have your own life. It belongs to him. You disagree with that? Because if you do, you're in the wrong church. We're not our own. We are, we are God's children. We have been bought with a price. Your life is not your own. But many do not recognize God's right or authority. Many do not agree with God's will. Romans chapter 1 verse 22, uh, 32, I'm sorry. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same but have pleasure in them. That do them. There are many today, even in this room, that do not agree with the will of God. There are those that do not feel obligated to his will. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me just for a moment to Second Corinthians. Keep a marker in Philippians chapter 2 and turn to Second Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to begin reading at verse number 14. We read there, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols, For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now that is very clear. That is very clear that we as God's children are not to yoke together in spiritual things or in doctrine or or in in those types of things with unbelievers. We're not to do it. Yet, there are many that feel no obligation to obey the Lord in these matters. And all of these things leads a person who fails to have the right attitude concerning the will of God. It leads to a person who has the attitude that says, I deserve better than this. Or nobody's going to tell me what I can and cannot do. But what about you and I today? Do we acknowledge the will of the Father? Do we acknowledge God's will? So often, as I said, I encounter people who know what God wants them to do, but they just won't do it. And they won't even admit that that's the will of the Father. But then number two, if we're going to develop the right attitude, Jesus, number two, accepted the way of the Father. Not only did he acknowledge the will of the Father, but secondly, he accepted the way of the Father. Again, back in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Now, we come to the second philosophy necessary for success. Not only did Jesus acknowledge God's will, but secondly, he accepted God's will. 
Webster defines accept to consent to or receive. In other words, Jesus consented to walk the pathway of God's will, even knowing that that pathway led to the cross and his own death. He accepted the will of the Father. He humbled himself. Again, remember, he was God. But he humbled himself. He he put down his, he laid aside his deity. It wasn't taken from him. He laid it aside himself. And, and came to earth and existed just like you and I have to exist. As a man. He laid aside his deity to be, to be hated and rejected by men. He laid aside his crown to become a servant of all. He laid aside his power to be dominated by the Roman soldiers. And he did all of this for the Father. You know, men, sometimes we think we're so important, don't we? Sometimes we think, well, you know, I I heard a preacher once say, if I was the only sinner in the world, Jesus would have still come and died for me on the cross. Well, that's true if it was the will of the Father. But let me tell you something. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Anybody know? Because it was the will of the Father. It was God's will that he die on the cross. And that's why he did it. My salvation, redeeming me, is a byproduct of that effort. But the main reason Jesus accepted the death on the cross was to fulfill the will of the Father. Not to save me. To fulfill the will of the Father. Now, I'm playing the semantic with words there, so be careful. Yes, he, he, he died on the cross to save my soul. Yes, because that was the Father's will. The, the key thing here is he was obeying the will of the Father. He humbled himself. He laid aside his deity. He laid aside his crown. He laid aside his power. Over the past decades in the ministry, I have observed numerous people who know God's will. They know what they need to do, but they just won't do it. If we're going to think as Christ, then we must accept the path God has called us to walk. Even if it means... We have to give up some things. Even if it means we have to change our own plans. You know, before I was saved, I had plans. You might not know that. But I had plans. And my plans didn't include any of this. None of this was included in my plans. But once I got saved, the Lord changed my, my plans. He showed me a path to walk, and I, I, I decided to walk that path. We may have to change our plans, folks. Luke nine fifty nine. he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. No, we have to, we have to change our plans and, 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 and obey the will of the Lord. We, have, we might have to give some things up. We might have to give up our... Our own pride. 
Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. We have to lay aside pride. Sometimes as Christians, we are called upon to do some very humbling things. Some things that we, we don't really want to do. You know, young men and even old men have a lot of pride sometimes. Sometimes you, you have to let go of that pride and walk a, a, a path that's before you and humble yourself before God. We might have to give up our own purposes. Matthew six twenty six thirty nine, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And Jesus said, Lord, of course, Jesus was human. He had a, he had a human side to him. He, and, 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 you know, <laughs> none of us sitting here would, would relish the idea of being crucified, I don't think. I think that would be a prayer all of us would exhibit to God. Lord, do, do I really have to do this? Do I really need to, need to go through the, with this? But we may have to give up our, our own purposes. So you see, Jesus first, he, he acknowledged the will of the Father. Then secondly, he accepted the way of the Father. Now this is the mind of Christ we're talking about. And then thirdly, this morning, Jesus accomplished the work of the Father. Philippians chapter 2 again, verses 8 through 11. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> John nineteen thirty. when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Those are three powerful words. It is finished. Jesus is basically saying here, the work of salvation is done. There is nothing more need be done. No more works of righteousness. No more, no more things need to be done in order for salvation to be secure. He finished it. Jesus left nothing undone. All that the Father asked of him was done. You know, as I stand here today, I wish I could say that. I, I, I wish I could. I wish that I could declare I have finished all the work that God has given me to do. But I cannot. I cannot. And, and by the way, neither can you. There's none of us in this room that can say I've done every single thing that God wanted me to do. We've all left things undone. 
And that they have been left undone because of selfishness. Sometimes we just don't want to do it. Sometimes we know what needs to be done, but we just won't give this thing up, or we won't change this, or we won't do that. We're selfish. We're selfish, and, and, and we don't want to give up what we have. Sometimes they're undone because of fear. Fear is, you know, fear is a natural human emotion. I mean, everybody in this room is scared of something, right? Huh? Spiders? Ooh, look, look at everybody. Ooh, spiders? I walked in my bathroom the other day and opened my shower curtain and there was a spider in that tub. I said, buddy, one of us has to go. And I just turned the water on and drowned him and went him right down the drain. Huh? I, I, my, my wife sent me an article this week about a poor five year, little, little five-year-old girl. She was bitten three times by a rattlesnake, fighting for her life. Where I'm from in Louisiana, a lot of people are afraid of snakes. There's a lot of things we're afraid of. And no matter how big or how strong you think you are, there's some things that you're afraid of. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we're afraid of the will of God. Because it might cause us some suffering or some sorrow. Huh? We leave things undone because of pride. Yeah, pride is pride is a sin. And we have to be careful for that. Jesus was humble. He wasn't proud. He was humble. Sometimes we leave things undone because of bitterness. Just plain old bitterness or envy. And there are many other reasons, by the way. Things are left undone by God's people. So what then? Do, do we just give up because we failed? No, we, we don't do that. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, he said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We've left some things undone. Okay, we've made some mistakes, yes. But we don't need to let them control the rest of our lives. You can't undo what's been done. You can't change what's in the past. Look back and see them and and, and learn from those mistakes and, and then go forward determining not to repeat them. And keep pushing forward for Christ. The devil, by the way, the devil wants you to look back on those things. And he wants you to condemn yourself because of those mistakes. But can I remind you that the Father has already forgiven and forgotten those things? God is a God of of today and, 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 and the future. He's not a God of the past. As we sit here this morning, as God's children, if we're faithful to confess 
our faults. He forgives them and he cleanses us from them. And he strengthens us anew. And his Holy Spirit daily anoints us and gives us the power to go on and to move forward. And to push forward. We cannot change the past. We cannot go back and undo what's been done. But we can affect the future. We can decide to do right tomorrow. We we can change our life and follow the Lord today and for all the future. Learn from yesterday's mistakes. Remember them as you go forward. But do not allow the past mistakes to stop you from living for God in the future. As Paul stated, press toward the mark. This means to push forward. It means to throw the obstacles out of the way. Paul admonished us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So what say ye today? How's your attitude? In light of what we've discussed in the scriptures we've looked at, do you have the mind of Christ? If God be for us, who can be against us? Acknowledge the will of the Father. Recognize God's rights or authority to control our lives. Disclose to agree with the will of God. Express obligation toward God. I have an obligation to live my life the way that God wants me to live my life. Not doing the things I want to do, but doing the things he wants me to do. Recognize the will of God as valid in your life. Acknowledge the fact that God controls your life. He controls you. But not only acknowledge, accept the will of the Father. Accept his will. Give up your own will for the Father's will. Lay aside your desires. Lay aside your goals. And follow the purposes of the Father in your life. Accomplish the work of the Father. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Solomon wrote, do it with thy, what? Might. Be faithful, be diligent. With the work of the Father. It's important. It's the most important thing we do. Accomplish the work of the Father. Well, I'm done. It's a short message today. But it's one that I think we really really need to learn. Especially. Especially our young people today. Our young people need to learn to develop the mind of Christ. There's so much noise out there. So much on all these different uh, streaming video things and all these chat rooms and, and, and all these types of things. Young people's minds are being bombarded 
with filth and garbage. I can't believe some of the... I mean, it sickens me. It turns my stomach seeing some of the things that are portrayed on the television today. And these things are bombarding the minds of our young people. We need to encourage and help our young people develop the mind of Christ. And it's up to you and me. Who else is going to do it? You think Hollywood's going to do it? You think the Hollywood directors are going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, man, you know, we need to clean up our act. We need to get rid of all of these these hoodlums that we put on television and, and show their lives to everybody. And we need to get rid of all these things. And we need to start putting up wholesome programming. Leave it to Beaver. And Father knows best. They're not going to do it. Congress isn't going to do it. They don't care. They don't care what happens to your children as long as they can stay in office and keep drawing that money that they're getting. They don't care. If you're looking for the president of the United States to to take charge, that ain't going to happen either. That's not good English, forgive me. But it ain't going to happen. How's it going to happen? You and me are going to go home and we're going to set our children down and we're going to teach them the mind of Christ and we're going to live the mind of Christ in front of them and show them how it's done. Folks, I I tell you what, I'm living my life every day looking to the eastern sky, waiting for the Lord and and I'm just doing what what I have to do, what the Lord has called me to do. But I tell you what, I don't see much hope for America. I, I don't see much hope at all because you can you can look at a hundred churches, and you probably won't find a message like this preached in very many of them. Our pulpits are corrupt today. Our pulpits in America are leading people. Into the, into the, off the cliff. It's up to us. If not you, who? And if not now, when? Time to stop passing, like, like Truman said, the buck stops here. It's time for us to get busy. Let's pray. Father, we've, talked about right thinking today about having the mind of Christ which which Lord will direct our attitudes which will control our lives so I pray Lord that you would strengthen us today each one of us help us to take a look at our life to examine it under the light of your word to find those things that need to be changed in our life and need to, be, need to be changed to meet your will. Father, give us the courage to do that. Give us the wisdom to do that. The, the, the result, Lord, is it's, it's too important to ignore. These young people in this room today, they're, they're sheep led to the, led to the slaughter. They're, they're, they're being turned loose into a world of wolves. And, and Father, it's up to us 
It's up to us to lead the way. It's up to us to show them the way. And then it's up to us to do so simply because it is your will. And so it's, it's what we must do. So bless this time we've had together this morning. Bless your word that was preached. And I pray, Lord, that we would apply it to our lives. And we'll give you the glory and the honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Roner Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Roner Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us online at www.bebaptist.org.